We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is July 21st, 2022. Jonathan Osborne here. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, what's going on, bro? Uh, honestly, man, a whole lot of nothing. Uh, nothing at all. The ESPYs are on, or were on last night, as you guys are listening to this. I don't know the last time I've watched it. Uh, someone said Curry is hosting, but that was just someone replying to my tweet saying I didn't even know it was happening tonight, so I don't even know if that's even valid. So that's uh, that's really the extent of it. You uh, have anything exciting going on right now? Not particularly, no. You know, the off season, I uh, start playing some more video games than normal. Mm. You know, I have about mm-hmm. three to four nights a week back that, you know, not watching like basketball and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, uh, yeah, I've just been playing some more video games, but really nothing exciting. Um, I have not yeah. uh, played video games in a, a while now just because living in my parents till October till our house is ready to move into. And,. Uh, there's not really a place and I don't have the effort and we're recording and I'm playing basketball twice a week and then I've got a wife and a kid. So a yeah, pregnant NBA wife jam, that, like so. literally right behind you. Yeah, I do. I do. The, I, I've played Galaga more. So like, I guess like, but I don't like, play, it's not the same. I don't sit down and play it for like an hour and a half or two hours. Like I do with video games. When I grew up, like, I would go to my friend's house, and they would have, like, all these awesome toys, or, like, if they had, a, like, a pool or, like, a trampoline, I'd be like, oh, let's do that thing, and you can always tell when kids are, like, jaded by their own toys, they're like, oh, yeah, it's just a trampoline, mm. oh, it's just a toy, oh, it's just Pac-Man, oh, it's just NBA Jam in yeah. my house. For me, it was just, for me, it was, oh, it's just a pool. I didn't, yeah. like, I Your friends would come over, like, pool. yo, let's go in the pool, and you're like, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, nah, you want to play not. Call of Duty? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you want to go outside and play basketball, honestly? Even more than that? Yeah. All right. A couple of housekeeping things uh, before we go ahead and, and get into our topic for today. 
Uh, shout out to our patrons. If you guys have not heard, we started a Patreon a while back. If you are interested in helping financially support the show to help us do the things that we do and even do more than that in the future, uh, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. We have three affordable tiers uh, with various uh, benefits that are there. You can get access to our discord channel and just kind of chat magic basketball with us all day, every day. Uh, so again, that's patreon.com slash the six man show. And then we also shout out our Hall of Fame tier patrons on every single one of our episodes, which is what we are going to do right now. Shout out Court Cousins, Armin, uh, Elite, uh, Elite Low, Carson. Okay, shout out Carson Tulo. You change your. <laughs> I'm gonna have to learn this. Elite Too Low. I get. Okay, I get it. Elite Too Low. That's your last name. Carson's getting his very own shout out because he totally confused me and changed his Patreon name, but that's okay. Jonathan Borges, Magic Player History, Wiffle, Ryan Singh, The Distract, Pierre A, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Lil Penny, Drum, Danimal, Dutto, 15, Bobby Skinner, Nate Donnelly, and Gotti 93 Thank you guys so much for the support. Again, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. And if you have not heard, Orlando Weekly, uh, they, each year they do an Orlando's Best Ballot. And this year, uh, we were nominated for best local podcast so if you guys could throw us a vote for that uh just the over two weeks left for you all to vote you can find us at uh, vote.orlandoweekly.com and then under the local notables category you can find best local podcast and you can vote for the six man show you can only vote once right you can only vote once that is correct okay great so yeah just so you guys are listening to this i know i'm the type of person that's like if I someone tells me to vote for something and it's like you got to vote every day for you really to make an impact, then I'm like, I'm not doing it. But if you tell me I only need to cast one vote, I'm probably doing it. So just to clarify, only takes one vote. You do it once, you don't have to touch it again. So appreciate you guys if you have already voted or are voting now. Very much appreciated. And then, Luke, we actually have some Orlando Magic news this week. Pretty exciting, although it has been speculated and kind of assumed but Franz Wagner and Mo Wagner will be playing for the German national team at FIBA Eurobasket 2022 again for the German national team Moritz Wagner played if you guys remember last year in the Olympic qualifying tournament for Germany um, and just really played his butt off and Germany made some noise in that tournament so uh, with Franz Wagner um, and obviously Moritz Wagner now on that team um, it's going to be pretty exciting to see if they can make even a little bit more noise you know they also have guys like Dennis Schroeder on that team so really uh, an exciting German national team that tournament starts September the 1st and it's going to run through September 18th so if Germany makes like a pretty deep run we could at least have a few weeks of kind of magic basketball watching the German national team yeah that'll be exciting I you said it's the the first through the 18th you said yeah the September 1st through the 18th um, Germany is playing in group B which just looking at the groups for uh, FIBA Eurobasket it's kind of like the death group if you will in group mm -hmm. B they've got they've got to play a uh, Slovenia featuring Luka Doncic and Goran Dragic. Uh, they're also going to play against the French national team featuring Evan Yikes. Fournier, Rudy Gobert, Victor Wembanyama. And then they have mm. to go up the against the daunting Lithuanian team featuring Ignis Brasdakis. Oh, yeah. man. Ignis taking it to him. Yeah, I went through the list of the Lithuanian national team's roster. And Ignis is the only guy on that list that I recognize. Uh, yeah, it's going to be fun to watch Germany in FIBA Eurobasket. 
Um, they have a really tough group. There, I think um, there's like four out of like the top eleven ranked um, FIBA teams in that group. So they just kind of France got, is going to be a problem. Yeah, France is really good. Uh, Slovenia is going to be really good. Obviously, I can't wait to see Victor play. Yeah, that's going to be exciting. Uh, but yeah, I mean. I mean, if we get to see Franz and Mo Wagner go up against Luca and Goran Dragic. That's going to be pretty exciting. I know that um, we we both listened to the Long Shot Duncan Robinson's podcast that uh, Franz and and Moritz were on pretty recently, and they talked about how like for the longest time now, the only guy that they have on the German national team that can really break guys down off the dribble has been Dennis Schroeder. So. Um, now yeah. they have Franz, who is going to be able to add to that. So I just I I pray he asserts himself, man. Oh, I think I think he will. I think it's a kind of a different environment. If they're going to win, he's going to need to do that. So I'm just yeah. really looking forward to like how much he looks like he's improved. Uh, that's still mm-hmm. you know about a month and a half away. It's you know roughly a, a month before training camp starts. So it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to see those guys. Really looking forward to that. All right, today, as we get into the offseason and you know, we have to search for different topics uh, to really cut, keep the conversation going, keeping the content going throughout the offseason here, today, Luke and I thought it would be a good idea to sit down and talk about what we thought our top five keys uh, to the Orlando Magic's next season is going to be. So we both have five different keys. I'm guessing at least a couple of these are going to be the same. Uh, we haven't really yeah. talked about what they are, but Luke, uh, go ahead and start with your first key. So number one, this probably is going to be one for both of us, Jonathan. I'm just, I really have six because I didn't even really count this as one of my five, but just because it's such a a gimme and that is health, right? Most injured team in the league last year. That's a top key for me this year going into the season. But like I said, it's such a foregone conclusion that that is like the necessary thing for this team and such a, a pivotal thing that I have just kind of put that as an aside. Was that on your list? That was I was like my fifth key, so like we're kind of okay. you know, we're, we're getting mm. you know out of order here, but that yeah that's totally fine. I completely agree with that. Obviously, when yeah. people talk about the Orlando Magic, um, Papa Greg Anthony was just on NBA TV talking about the Orlando Magic and the potential that they have, and how people yeah. don't realize really just how injured this team was. There's a Twitter mm. account. If you guys don't follow, you should go ahead and follow them. It's um, NBA Man Games Lost, I think is the Twitter handle. And what they do is each time a guy misses a game, that is one man game lost. So if you have three guys that miss one game, that's three man games lost. That's how that's formulated. He had this chart that really showed every single team, like a plot chart showing how many man games each team had lost in the NBA. He had to make his chart bigger to continue to fit the Orlando Magic because they were that far ahead of everyone else on the chart. So incredibly, you know, injured and and hurt team all last season. It just once the injury started, it just never seemed like we could get everybody back. And then when you talk about the fact that we didn't have Markel for basically what was it, 64 games, we didn't have Jonathan Isaac the entire season. We were talking about this today towards the end of January, the team was like 9 and 39. So you finished 22 and 60. So you basically go, what is that? 13 and 21 the rest of the season from that point. It's really mm-hmm. not that bad. If you look at kind of like the last half or like the last third of the season, the Magic were not that far beneath being a 500 team. And that was like really tanking games down the stretch, losing games on purpose, 
Markel yeah. Fultz, you know, wasn't playing more than 20 minutes in these games. Last couple of weeks, we didn't see a lot of Wendell Carter. You know, guys like Markel Fultz and Jalen Suggs kind of were in and out of the lineup at times. So I think people that paid attention to this team and watched this team a lot last year, most people understand that injuries were a huge factor of how bad this team was. My younger brother texted me today, and he's, he just texted me randomly out of nowhere. We weren't talking about the Magic. He's not a huge sports guy, but he did come out to the uh, the draft lottery party and had a, had a blast. Mm-hmm. But he texted me and said, the Magic were 22-60 and 60 last season? I'm like, yeah, we won the first pick. How good did you think we were? He's like, I knew you were bad, but I didn't think it was that bad. But I was like, yeah, it was. Mm. It really was, oh, it was mostly injuries. Is it yeah. a young, growing team? Absolutely. But if you're telling me that we have 80% of the health that we had in the 2018-2019 season, I become much more comfortable with the conversations about the Magic flirting with the play-in. Yeah, no doubt. Well, let's move on, Jonathan, to my number two. My number, my real number one. What? You, you get to go. I don't get to go. You. It was one of your shared topics. We oh, talked. You about did it. not know that at first, but just go right ahead. Just. But I did, which is why I said, key. Jonathan, just go right. Was ahead. that one of yours? Nope. It's okay. Okay. It's okay. Right. Go ahead. All right. Great. All right. Fine. That's fine. <laughs> number one on my list, Jonathan, is Gary. Gary Harris. Oh, Harris. I thought you were about to say a name and take another one of mine. I was gonna be so pissed. Gary Harris. <laughs> let's hear it. Yeah. Yeah. So Gary Harris. We talked about it as, you know, last during the offseason, just, if, you know, a couple months ago, whatever it was. And we were saying with the way this team is structured at this point, you have to bring back a vets and you have to find shooting, B shooting. And Gary Harris checked both of these boxes for the magic. He is going to be pivotal, in my opinion, to we saw how important T Ross was a couple years ago on, you know, in those playoff teams and the playoff runs, whatever. His shooting was pivotal for that team. Even more so now, his Gary's leadership and shooting is important. We can't have Gary from, you know, two seasons ago, like his three-point shooting then. We need it from last season and the one that was like a few years prior. He is shooting 38 39% from three. The reason that I also kept thinking about Gary Harris when I was making this list was I did a Q&A on our six-man Instagram the other day, and someone said, I, you know, someone said, what are your thoughts on Gary Harris starting and providing shooting to that starting lineup there and then moving whoever you want to the bench, which I would assume would be Suggs in that case. And I started thinking about it and I was like, it's not a terrible idea to have Gary Harris who is experienced and can shoot the ball, go in and play with, you know, to where we actually have a guard in the starting lineup that can shoot. It, it obviously, like, as we know, it really isn't about who starts more than who is finishing games. I don't know that Gary would be finishing games, but because of his experience and all of those things I've already listed, I would not be shocked if Gary finds himself playing himself into late game situations for the Magic next year. That is if he is the shooter that he was last season for this team. So that is why key number one really for me is Gary Harris. Yeah, I, I would just want to say um, last year out of the 61 games that Gary Harris played for the Magic, he started in 30 of them. I would mm-hmm. venture to guess that most of those starts came with guys out of the lineup like Cole Anthony, like Jalen Suggs. I just don't know that this team is ready. I, I know, uh, and, and I guess one thing that we didn't talk about was the uh, the road tripping podcast that you know quite a few you know Magic personalities showed up on. Uh, but like you tweeted out from our account, you know Mosley was talking about the fact that 
next season, you know, the goal is going to be to compete and to win games. That being said, I, I would be surprised if they just kind of like threw the development piece out of the window. I, I still really expect them to play a lot of the young guys, heavy minutes. This I feel like yeah. is going to be the last year to just kind of sit and evaluate what you have with a few of these pieces, specifically talking about Mo Bamba or Chuma Okiki or RJ Hampton guys that we're just not sure whether or not they're like long-term pieces. So for that reason, I still think there's a really good chance day one that the starting guard next to Markel Fultz is either Jalen Suggs or potentially Cole Anthony. That being said, I don't think the Gary Harris fit is a bad idea, like specifically from a basketball standpoint. Uh, does bring you, you know, good perimeter defense still. He's not the defender that he once was four or five years ago, but still very capable on that end. And like you said, brings a lot of shooting. We talk about Paolo Bancaro kind of optimizing him, eventually you're going to want a bunch of shooters around him. And although yeah. Franz Wagner and Wendell Carter are capable shooters, if Jalen Suggs doesn't take a massive leap offensively, which is one of my keys, by the way, if he doesn't take a huge leap offensively, then you don't really have a ton of shooting um, kind of in the backcourt, you know, like surrounding Paolo, which might not be ideal. But yeah, I think Gary Harris is, is going to be a big piece of what the Magic are looking to do last year regard or next year, regardless of what his role is. So my first key, the number one key, uh, is the number one pick, Paolo Bancaro. Uh, as we see, you know, what was that one of your keys? Oh, Shocker. Keys. It's okay. Shocking. I think total, we might get five keys between the two of us if we are yes. lucky. If we're lucky. Yeah. I think the math at this point probably checks out because we're at three and like I have like four mm. left. You've got a few left. Mm. But mm-hmm. Paolo Bancaro, obviously, you know, played great in summer league, averaged 20 points per game. Showed us a lot more than a lot of Magic fans thought they were going to get out of Paolo. Score the ball efficiently, but the real thing everybody talks about at this point was the playmaking. And we knew it was there, but we didn't really know that it was to this extent. And you even heard this out of guys you know, like RJ Hampton. You know, RJ Hampton was on um, a recent podcast, I forget who it was, and they were asking him, you know, what did you think about Paolo Bancaro? And he's like, we kind of knew that he was a good passer, but like we didn't really think it was going to be to the extent that it was. So I went out on a limb on the last podcast. I said, if everything goes right for the Magic, they're a top 10, def- top 10 defensive team, and Paolo Bancaro averages 20-plus points per game, the Magic will make the play-in. I still believe that. Uh, I feel like we've been searching for not only an alpha personality, but an alpha skill set. And although I do think that Cole Anthony has that alpha personality and can really galvanize the team and bring guys together, I don't really believe at this point that he has the alpha skill set, the skill set to be the best player on a championship contending team. And I do believe that Paolo Bancaro has that. So for me, this is probably the most obvious statement in the world, but Paolo Bancaro is a major key to the Magic success this year. Yeah, and not only Paolo's just tools that he has when it comes to his vision, his ability to get by guards that are actually smaller than him too. Like those things are incredible, but the the thing that really stands head and shoulders above everything else is another thing RJ mentioned, I think, and I like you, I cannot remember where I listened to it at. But what he talked about was Paolo's IQ. Like he just knows his anticipation anticipation his anticipation is through the roof and able to make the right reads 
And he talked about like that final play in double overtime. Um, was that against the Kings? Yeah. Against the Kings where he kind of loses control of the ball and then is able to hit Emmanuel Terry for the game winner down low. And RJ just talked about, you know, how impressive it was that he did that. Now, I will say it is one thing for us to be like, man, his vision's great. It's a whole other thing for a guy at the NBA level, regardless of their like their skill level, whatever it might be, to acknowledge how great another player is at something. So I don't think it's nothing that RJ Hampton also mentioned his just his IQ overall, and I think that will carry Paolo even more than any of his other attributes. So my next key, I put adversity can't rock the chemistry boat. That is this key for me, and that essentially goes back to, yes, obviously this these guys last year went into every game hopefully thinking, like, we can win this game. Don't get me wrong, maybe when things got rough, they were like, we're just going to go out there and play, and and hopefully we win, but, like, not going to be shocked if we lose, right? But all that to say, they had confidence last year that they would win games. This year, though, is completely different. This year is different because those guys that were so talented last year have all got a year under their belt. It's time that they have to actually make the jump. They've got to do these things, right? Last year it was, oh, we're having fun. We're establishing this chemistry. But now it's like, what are you going to do with that chemistry that you built? It's time to put your money where your mouth is. And you heard like when we when I spoke with RJ Hampton, uh, you know, the week of the NBA draft tour that we did partnering with the Magic. RJ Hampton sat there and told me that they can make some noise. You know, this is we're able to make some noise this year. Nobody on that team was saying that last year, Jonathan. I don't care what they were thinking or anything. Nobody was willing to say we're, we can make some noise. And then we heard Jalen echo that when we you know had that episode with Jalen, that interview with Jalen. I brought up the RJ Hampton saying that, and Jalen gave us a firm mmm. Like when I said that, like, man, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm ready to do it. I, I, you know, I believe it. And he went on to talk about it. The belief is there, Jonathan. So more important than anything really last year is that that adversity, again, can't rock the chemistry boat. You built something so great last year, chemistry wise, you can't let a string of losses just diminish what you've been building. And as young guys, they're, they're passionate dudes. I could see that maybe they kind of start to lash out at each other more than last year because it's like, okay, like we're not just that young team anymore. Like we're supposed to be winning games now. So that that is my my key there. Yeah, I think that's really important. Another thing that I think is important as well for the chemistry of the team, because I think most people would agree outside of just like catastrophic injuries, the team is not going to be as bad as 22 and 60 next season. So something that no. I think is important is – even though the team is improving and you know just kind of naturally the pecking order is going to change as guys improve and kind of get set into different roles but it's really important that egos don't start to rise up like some of these guys were yep. rookies last year and were deferring to other guys on the team and everybody really bought in and said look even though we are not winning a ton of games we are in almost every game that we play they're competing until the last minute and everybody was just cheering for one another, that cannot change this year. You know, people you'll grow and as they start to mature, things change and 
uh, goals change and you want different things for yourself and that's all good and well but especially now that I think we're going to see a, a really big change in the dynamic of the team with Paolo Bancaro coming in anytime your team adds the number one overall pick in the current draft the power dynamic of the ch- of the team is going to shift a bit in that direction yeah you know, you're going to put the ball in his hands you're going to w- see what he can do towards the end of games that's just kind of the the natural order of things in the nba and i i think we have a really good head coach in place in jamal mosley um to make sure that that doesn't kind of get spoiled to kind of keep those guys in check but i think the the chemistry is going to be uh I don't want to say fragile, but it, it's going to be a little bit more fragile than it was last year. No and doubt. those guys have to do a good job of keeping that in check and, and not letting that get spoiled. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, I'll go on to my next key here. So we talked about him playing in Eurobasket 2022, but it's really going to be Franz Wagner's improvement. Uh, you know, just taking a look last year, just his on-off stats, how much better the Magic were uh, on the floor with Franz Wagner versus without him. They were pl- uh, plus 8.8 points better per 100 possessions with Franz Wagner on the floor. Uh, for his mm-hmm. position, he's in the 91st percentile for that. So as we look at Franz Wagner's rookie season, 15.2 points per game. He shot almost 47% from the floor, 35% from the three-point line, 86% from the free throw line, added four and a half rebounds, 2.9 assists, and almost a steal with one and a half turnovers. So we saw an incredibly efficient rookie season out of Franz Wagner. He gets the NBA All-Rookie First Team nod, unless your name is Dave McMinimum. Uh, We won't go into that. But yeah, I mean, really, for Franz, I think the efficiency is in check. He doesn't need to change too much. Needs to get just a touch stronger to be able to finish through contact at the rim. I think he ended up like top five in missed layups uh, for the season last year. I try to go back and and view every single one of those attempts. But when I did that, I'm pretty sure I broke NBA.com because I just could not get the attempts video to load as I was going through and checking this out. But I would venture to guess that there there weren't like bunnies at the rim that he was missing. You know, it's the Euro step as he's kind of going through the lane, that little kind of sweeping hook that he threw up. They're probably counting that as a layup. But as he gets even more efficient at finishing the rim, if he can improve at all, he's already NBA average three-point shooter. If he can get even more efficient there, I just think the sky is the limit for Franz Wagner. 
I think with more confidence, potentially with a bigger role, like if they the coaching staff pulls Paolo and Franz Wagner aside next season and goes, this is your offense, and Franz really embraces that role and becomes more assertive, like we talked about, we want to see him playing with Germany, more assertive role, more involved in the offense. If Franz does that, we haven't had a non-big man score 20 points per game since Steve Francis. Yeah. If Franz really embraces that role and improves just a bit, I think we could see two of those guys. I know Paolo Bancaro is 6'10". I think essentially on offense, he's a wing or just a jumbo guard at this point. But I think potentially we could have two guys on the Magic roster average more than 20 points per game next season. And do you think it's Paolo and Franz? I think if I had to bet my life on it, those would be the two guys that I would pick. Yeah, and next year has a lot Do I think it will happen? Do. I don't think it will happen, but I think it yeah. could. I think it's a legitimate possibility. If any two do score over 20 a game, that's who you're probably saying. Yeah, I would would have to agree, I think, unless it's Wendell, to be honest with you. But Why not um, three? Why? why not no i'm just kidding <laughs> okay. i'm kidding yeah we're, we're the most productive here. offense in nba history automatically yeah. uh no my my point about franz just to kind of echo what you're saying but also to to kind of put in perspective the the theme of really a lot of my points is like last year was a a, a trial right like it was just like a little a fun season you know it was just like to get your your legs under you and and learn the nba game and a lot of these guys to to get their first season under their belt or their second season under the belt but like the theme here is that like that was fun now you have to really start to mold and and improve things and i think this is kind of that that that's the case with franz and not just franz but the the coaching philosophy of jamal mosley and this really ties into my next point which is just that you know how mosley manages games from the X's and the O's to the rotations that he puts on the court and, and where you're putting emphasis on these players. If we go another season where we're watching Franz play and we're saying he needs to be more assertive. Like I'm going to start saying like, that's not just a Franz problem. Like that's not him. Like, yes, he is naturally, I think a, a like he is naturally that way, I think. But if that switch gets flipped, I think you unlock just an incredible amount of skill that was once potential with Franz Wagner. And so it really is up to Mosley in terms of the way that he manages these games. You and I, obviously, you know, he, we watched and we assessed Mosley last year. There was rotations that were weird, but he was very upfront about like, we're experiencing, we're experimenting right now with our young guys, essentially. We're Some would argue trying to lose, but you know, I, uh, that is a, the, no one says they're trying to experiment and they're doing stuff in the freaking second half of the game without it being that they're trying to lose games. Like, absolutely is what it is. But I'm hoping, at least I'm hoping now that that's the I case. Think it, right? I think like, it was you probably don't... Jeff Weltman, you know, coming down at halftime, just like, hey, here's your fourth quarter lineup tonight. You know? Here, Here it is, Moe. This is what we, well, this tell is what we want you to play. Tell him you're experimenting with Ignis Brasdakis. Um, so... <laughs> But but that, that really like you know how this it, year, invested they were in Ignis Brezdakis' development. He is not even on the roster for next season. That's how invested they right. were in Ignis Brezdakis' like development. Playing pivotal games of the fourth quarter last year. 
anyway, all that to say, it all like it does like start and end with Mosley. His attitude, which helps build the chemistry, how he approaches the players, how he is drawing up out of bounds plays, how his defensive scheming is, how you know just like his player emphasis is in general. Who's gonna be the guy? Like, there's a lot that is on Mosley's shoulders next year. It's a lot for a second year coach, to be quite honest. You have the number one pick. Like the stakes are getting higher as we go on. So it it it's like I said, it starts and ends with Mosley's ability to manage the game and honestly manage this team, and that's my key. I think that that is a big key. Uh, I think we saw a lot of growth from Mosley over the year, and we have like just shouted his praises up and down. You know, really mm-hmm. since like the midway point of the season that. Even though this team didn't win a ton of games, they were competing every single night, never gave up, never really got too visibly frustrated, never let go of the rope. So uh, that's a big one. But yeah, producer Kevin is totally not happy with our previous comments about losing on purpose. We'll hear about that after we uh, finish recording today, I'm sure. It might get edited out of the show. I have no idea. I really hope not. I, I'd, I'd be disappointed. <laughs> I'd be disappointed in Kevin if that was the case. <laughs> My next key um, is going to be Jalen Suggs' offense. So um, just to give you guys some context around Jalen Suggs' defensive side of the ball, because I don't think we need to spend really any time there. Uh, Looking at NBA.com, looking at all guards in the NBA who played 40 or more games, who defended at least 10 field goals per game, Jalen Suggs ranks 7th in the NBA in defensive field goal percentage. So Jalen Suggs Mm -hmm. is already an elite defensive player. Uh, player on the perimeter at the guard position he really doesn't I mean he is going to that's the crazy thing he is going to get better on that side of the ball as he figures out the game more and be you know is better able to you know read what the other team is doing and kind of anticipate what is coming next but just for a rookie coming into the league his just raw athletic ability and his ability to stay in front of guys he is already an elite perimeter player on the defensive end now As we turn to the offensive end, so last season um, in 48 games, 27 minutes per game, uh, Jalen averaged 11.8 points per game, but on 36% field goal percentage, 21% from the three-point line, uh, the free throw line, he was very solid, 77.3% from the free throw line, 4.4 assists, but to three turnovers. I know that's something that you've brought up a ton in talking about Jalen Suggs. Uh, The Orlando Magic uh, were actually... 4.4 4.4 points per 100 possessions worse with Jalen Suggs on the floor last season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, part of that can be you know contributed to them being a bad team. But then when you look at how well, uh, how much better the team played with Franz Wagner in comparison on the floor, um, Jalen Suggs, I think a lot of it really just was his poor shooting percentage inefficiencies offensively and then his turnover problems his turnovers really were just a like a lot of decision making getting sped up forcing his way into the paint without really deciding what he was going to do am I going to try to get all the way to the rim and am I going to try to draw a defender and pass it to someone else it really didn't seem like he decided that until the very last second in a lot of possessions last season it wasn't like he was you know just passing the ball to the other team um or, you know, just um, like he was at times actually getting uh, you know stripped on the ball, which he talked about in that episode, you know, with, with RJ and Channing Fry road tripping, talking about how one of the things he needs to improve is his handle. 
So that is pretty encouraging. But just just get to league average from the three-point line, Jalen. You get to 35%. Even get me to the low 30s. Going from 21, almost 22% from the three-point line, an 8% yeah. you know increase to 30% would be massive, I think, one for his efficiency and also his projections moving forward. Um, the better that he yeah. gets on that end, and if he's not essentially was a liability offensively last season. If he's not, then the Magic also aren't playing so much in transition when it comes to like the live ball turnovers, which is going to help the defense as well. He's shown that you can get to his spots, get any shot off at any time, mm -hmm. just needs to put it in the basket. That's the name of the game. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing I'll add, you know, we mentioned the road trip and podcast with where Jalen made an appearance and um, had some conversation with them one of the things that really put it in perspective for me in terms of Jalen becoming a solid three-point shooter was RJ and uh, Channing both saying, like, we didn't become good three-point shooters until, like, well into our career, right? Richard Jefferson sooner than Channing Fry, but Channing Fry was, like, essentially year four or five was when he finally was, like, at 35 36%, I believe, from three. So um, he really didn't find it until a little bit later. So that that was a little bit encouraging and provided some perspective. Like it's not the end of the world of Jalen. It's a different game now, average. though. Yet you, you almost have to come into the league with that. It's expected, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, don't get me wrong. It gives you a leg up on competition, but in just in terms of developing your three point shot in general, like it's not an off season thing. Like that is very rare that a, a player is bad, for lack of a better term, at three point shooting, and then they're good or league average the next very next season i just don't think that happens so reminded me to stay patient with jalen seriously my biggest thing and like you echoed about what i've said is the turnovers like if his decision making can improve with the ball and his handle is improved as well and you're able to give us still four assists a game and like one and a half turnovers a game maybe two like i'm cool with you know, essentially a two-to-one assist-to-turnover ratio. It just can't be where it was the start of the season, really, or halfway through where it was one-to-one. And thankfully, that margin began to widen as the season went on. So um, is that kind of your your piece there for Jalen Suggs? As far yeah, as I just wanted to – so, you know, we talk about guys kind of developing as three-point shooters, and the guy that really comes to mind is Aaron Gordon. At the beginning of his career, 27%, second year, 29%, then 28 but then you start to see it creep up to 33, to 35, to 30, to 33, to 37, then to 33. So I think we would all agree that Aaron Gordon is like a average to just below average three-point shooter. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, with Jalen Suggs, like Aaron Gordon, it seemed like every single season he would come back with different shot mechanics. That's the one thing that is really encouraging about Jalen is you know the decent free throw percentage at 77%, and then the, the stroke looks good. Like, it, it didn't really make sense that the mechanics looked as good as they did last year and for him to shoot, you know, 21% from the floor. So, yeah, that is it for me, uh, for Jalen. What do you got next? So, this is essentially my last one, just because we shared the Palo one. But this is my last one. We might share this one. I have no idea. But it is simply Jonathan Isaac. So We do not, Jonathan, but I like it. Oh, good. So, Jonathan Isaac is is really a huge indicator of how this team will be next year in my opinion like if this team is a play-in team I think it absolutely is going to require that J.I. is at least close to the defender that he was 
and a little bit better offensively, right? Like, so allows him to lose a step defensively just because he's been out for so long and with the ACL and everything, that's that's fine. J.I. could afford to lose a little bit defensively. He's he's a great defender. And so if he can make just a jump offensively, then, you know, even slightly, I think, you know, I think that he is a huge key for this team this year. Something that's kind of flying under the radar in terms of the fact that, like, you have talked about it. We're operating under the assumption that J.I. isn't J.I., that he isn't where he left off and that he isn't where he was pre-injury all or pre this most recent injury, right? Like the, you know, that, that is a huge key for me, Jonathan Isaac. I really do think that it, a lot of it does hinge on him. Maybe more than magic fans are willing to admit this season. Yeah. I think he's going to be a big part of it. You know, like you said, if he comes back and he's the same defender, if, if you're telling me we're going to get Jonathan Isaac for even 60 games this year, and you tell me he's going to be every bit the defender that he was before, you know, the first injury. This team, at its worst, should be a top five defensive team with the personnel that we have and adding a defensive player of the year candidate like Jonathan Isaac. And if you're a top five defensive team, that almost guarantees you that you are in the playoffs. So, but like we've said time and time again, at this point, just given the history, the amount of time that he has been out, you do have to operate like he is just an added bonus. I don't think it would be responsible of the Magic's front office to operate as if 2019 Jonathan Isaac is coming back opening night of 2022. You, you just, as much as I love the guy, you won't find a bigger Jonathan Isaac fan than yours truly. It That just kind of is what it is at this point. Um, the offensive game, it, it, I think, is going to be um, like the big question, right? Like if he, if he can't come back and, and be the same defensively, my guess is he probably will not be better offensively because if he's not the same guy defensively, some of it is going to be just kind of like the mental processing of things. I think that's going to take some time, but that's something that I think, you know, 30, 40 games in, he might be able to kind of shake off and kind of get back to form. But if he is like very much lost a step just from all of the time being out, that's where I'm going to be kind of more concerned. I think his anticipation, he's still going to have like the physical attributes, you know, the the length and the height and everything like that. His timing is probably still going to be there at some point. But if he just can't really move the same that he was, like Terrence Ross a few years ago said, he's like a giraffe that moves like a lion. And if he has lost that kind of lyoraph ability that he once had, um, I don't see him being the same player now. What they say, you know, about guys coming off of their ACLs is usually you're not 100% back until you've been back, like really back for an entire year. And it's that second season that you really feel like you're really you know, back to full strength and everything like that. So Jonathan Isaac uh, is really, I think we both agree, is like the X factor for this team. Without him, still a very good core is in place. But if Jonathan Isaac comes back and is the defensive player of the year candidate again, like this team is really set to compete in the next two, three, four years here. No doubt. No doubt. All right. My last key, and I'm glad that we didn't share, you know, some of these uh, final keys here. 
but it's going to be Markel Fultz. So we saw Markel Fultz um, last season in 18 games. Uh, the team went 6-12 and 12 with Markel being limited to 20 minutes per game. Uh, it scored 10.8 points per game on 47% shooting from the floor, 23% from the three-point line, 80% from the free-throw line, added 2.7 rebounds, 5.5 assists, just 2.2 turnovers, and a little bit over a steal per game. Um, On-off numbers, the Magic were 5.4 points better per 100 possessions with Markel Fultz on the floor. That puts him in the 81st percentile for all NBA guards. It does not take a rocket scientist or a basketball expert to watch the Orlando Magic with and without Markel Fultz on the floor and tell that they are significantly better with Markel Fultz on the floor. I would argue to say on both ends. The offense, he just does something. He calms everybody down. He gets everyone in the correct spots. If you are open, he is going to find you without a shadow of a doubt. Markel Fultz, like we said, did not play a second over 20 minutes uh, in any of the games that he he played uh, last season. Every time he got close to that 20 minutes, they were just yanking him out of that game immediately. Regardless of the score or the situation or the lineup, it did not matter. They were prioritizing his health over everything else. I understand why. But Markel Fultz, back healthy for the first time since we saw him early in that 2019-2020 season, really before uh, everything you know, really fell apart there for the Magic uh, in terms of you know, injuries and, and everything like that. Um, was that, what, no, that was the 2020-2021 season. My apologies. Markel Fultz was largely healthy for, I think he played like, yeah, he played, what was it, close to like 70, 75 games in the... 70, 72 and 19. 72 season. games. There we go. So it was mostly healthy that season. Actually, he played every game for the Magic because they only played 72, 72. games in that season. Mm-hmm. So he pl- people yeah. that are talking about him being you know injury prone and stuff like that, the thoracic outlet syndrome, that's a freak thing. The ACL, I think, is a freak thing. Uh, I think he's going to be back. He's going to be healthy. Hopefully we see 70-plus games out of Markel Fultz this season. Um, him orchestrating the offense with other playmakers like Paolo Bancaro, Franz Wagner, Wendell Carter Jr., an improved Jalen Suggs. I think the offense could be much, much better this year than it was last year, and I'm really looking forward to seeing Markel Fultz. Yeah, I think Markel this season can, you know, with you know playing 26 to 28 minutes a game, I think you could see Markel averaging easily 12 and 8. Like, I don't see why he can't do that based on what we saw last year. And then kind of looking at that, his assist to turnover, Jonathan, I mean, five and a half assists to two, basically two turnovers a game. And I mean, that's great. That's what you want from your point guard. He was playing just 20 minutes flat, like you said. I have no doubt that he can get in that eight to nine assists range this year. I hope that he, you know, obviously is slashing to the basket, getting to his spots there to, to finish down low. But I'm just most excited about his assists this year. I think he's going to have some games where he can give you 16 assists in a game. Like the, the, he's going to be dishing like crazy. And not just 16 assists, Jonathan. You could see games where he puts out 16 assists and, and five turnovers. Like that, that's the kind of games I think you're going to see out of Markel. And those are the ones that I'm excited about. It, it also, um, you know, just to see him run the offense is going to be incredible. If you can get him at 27, 28 minutes a game, 
on average this year. I think that would be great too. Starting point guard, Markel Fultz, he, he's going to be a problem. I have a quick correction. So they did kind of loosen the leash a little bit towards the end of the season. The last couple of weeks had games where he played you know, 21 minutes, 23 minutes, 23 minutes. And then, of course, how could I forget the last game of the season against the Miami Heat? 29 minutes, 10 points, 15 assists. No big deal. Just an easy 15 assists in about 30 minutes for Markel Fultz. An assist every other minute. So basically an assist every other possession from Markel Fultz in the last game of the season. So people, It would be wild if he averaged like 12 assists and 10 points a game. I think that average is entirely possible. When you were saying that, I was like, I don't know why he can't average 10 assists a game next year. Yeah. Apart from the fact that the ball is going to be in Paolo's hands a lot, uh, but I, it's entirely possible that Markel Fultz averages double-digit assists next year. Probably not likely, but it's definitely possible. Right. I'd probably if anybody if, on the team is over doing under, it I, I'd probably put it at like eight and a half, seven and a half. Probably I put yeah. probably put it at like seven and a half, but eight, nine yeah. assists per game. That's pretty respectable. Yeah, no doubt. I think that's going to be where he brings his team to new heights next year. It's not going to be his scoring ability, even though it's great. His ability to get to the rim and he's a strong guard. But I think where he changes the game is his is his vision for sure, and just hitting the guys that are open that don't even know they're open. Well, we had you know Paolo at twenty, Franz at twenty, maybe Wendell at twenty. Why not four guys at twenty points per game? You know, Markel oh, Fultz, throw them out brother. there. You know, but oh, Luke, brother. I think that's going to do it for us. What do you say? You got anything else? No, that that's it. That's it. Those were uh, like what I think it ended up being like eight or nine keys, but it was supposed to be five each. We shared a couple, but you got our keys eight, yeah. for the Magic to be successful next season. For Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You guys are listening to the Six Man Show. We will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Six Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.